We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against these spiritual forces. But we are more than conquerors because Christ is the victor. We have victory in Jesus Christ. We need to recognize the spiritual battle that the Lord has set before us. And it's through faith, through faith in Jesus, that we've been bought from the darkness of this world and brought into the light of his love. Welcome to The Cleansing Word. We invite you to stay with us as Pastor John Pinnell of Calvary Chapel Lake Villa takes us through a verse-by-verse study from God's Word. Each Monday through Friday, we'll be airing messages to encourage you in your faith that you might grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope that you enjoy this broadcast and I'll return at the close of this teaching to give you more information about our church and how you can obtain a copy of this message. Now here's Pastor John with today's message from God's Word. I was thinking of the book of Ephesians while we were singing that last song. It's so rich. We've went through so many things and we've learned so much. The first three chapters really dealing with everything that God has given to us, our position that is already ours in heaven. And just really talking about all that we have, we've already received. And although we may not really recognize everything that's been received or been given to us, but first three chapters dealing with that which through faith in Jesus Christ has been afforded us already, our our sanctification that has been given us there in heaven, our position that we have in Christ. Chapters 4 through 6, um, dealing with the practical side of things, how we live out our sanctification in this life, practically how we work it out in the church, in our lives, uh, with our families, in society in which we live. But now he, he makes a, a change. A lot of times that change would be you know, distinguished maybe by a therefore or something like that. But he says, finally, my brethren. So there's this shift in teaching. He Final thoughts of his letter. Remember, Paul is writing this letter while he's in prison. Paul was also wondering, is this the last chance that I have to speak to my people, you know, the churches that he'd been involved with? He's writing this letter to Ephesus at the same time he's writing a letter to the church of that's found in Colossae or in the book of Colossians for us. But very similar themes are found in both of them in many of the uh, chapters. And so it's his final thoughts. He tells us that we are to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, to put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, there's our therefore, take up the whole armor of God. We're going to stop there for a moment. 
And just look back at those three verses. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And so we, we find that we are to find our strength and our power in Jesus Christ. We're to be strong in the Lord. The world would teach that strength and power is from within. you got to find that from within. But Christ says, through the Holy Spirit, through Paul here, he tells us that we are to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. So our strength, our power is to be founded in Christ, that we have our strength, we have our power in Christ. He, he spoke about this before in Ephesians in chapter 3, verse 16. Paul has been developing a theme as he's been going through the book of Ephesians. So I wanted to see what else he had said about these things. And in Ephesians 3.16, he says that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. So the world says find strength from within. The word says that strength that you can find from within is through Jesus Christ, that Christ is our strength. And in other places, Paul, in Philippians 4.13, a very favorite verse of so many, but it says, I can do all through Christ who strengthens me. But I especially love uh, Isaiah 40.31 that says that those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. That we find our strength in Jesus. Sometimes it's through waiting upon the Lord and just gathering our strength because we've been quiet before the Lord in prayer and quiet before the Lord in studying his word. This is a form of renewing your strength when you're hearing the word of God being expounded to you, preached to you, and to be encouraged by one another. Another way that our strength can be renewed, oftentimes when we are in difficult situations, we find our strength through Christ, but Oftentimes, Christ will send others to come around you and surround you and to be strength for you in difficult hours and in times of need. But our true strength is found in Jesus Christ. It's how we prepare ourselves for battle, to be found strong in the Lord and the power of his might. He says to put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. We're to put on the whole armor. And I, I had put this in the pastor's pen, but I fear quite often we don't. We don't put on the whole armor of God. My biggest fear for most people is that all they like to do is just, you know, they we think about getting ready for battle and maybe going through the equipment room of the uh, warshed and, and you're getting ready for battle. You know, you're going out and you walk through the room and they have all the different stations where all the implements and equipment is set up and you have your helmets here and your swords here and your shields here and your uh, belts, your girdle um, in the Roman uniform to help hold up their, um, the utility belt uh, we would call today, uh, your feet, your shoes, your support there. And um, I just picture people walking through and it's just like, well, you know, the helmet of salvation, that's good enough for me. Just give me the helmet I'll be fine. And uh, it's more than that. It's putting on the whole armor of God. And I'm not so much worried about, although, you know, there's been a lot said of the different implements that when we get into the armor of God, 
the different implements, the helmet itself, the shield itself, the breastplate. But I think more truly, it's what they're representing. You know, the helmet representing salvation. Salvation is important. The breastplate of righteousness, it's the righteousness that's important to us. Um, The feet, your shoes uh, shotted with the preparation of the gospel of peace, the gospel peace important to us. And so, so often we don't take up the whole armor. And he uses that phrase in a moment to take up. So he says to put it on and to take it up. It's the whole armor of God. The whole armor is a compound word in the Greek. So it's one word that is described by whole armor. And it's um, representing what a Roman soldier or a Grecian soldier would have wore in his day. And so Paul has this image of a soldier. And then he pictures a soldier in his his get up with his helmet and his breastplate and his shield and his sword and his shoes and his um, belt on. And he applies these things to us. He says, you take on the whole armor, you put on the whole armor so that we'll be able to stand. There's a purpose for it that we'll be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. You know, Satan, he doesn't want to see us succeed in Christ. He would love it if you would never know Christ as your Savior. Many of you have accepted Christ as your Savior, but Satan would love it if you'd never prayed to receive Christ as your Savior. He also uh, isn't very pleased when we do pray to receive Christ. So if he can get us to just not do anything other than to pray to receive Christ and just to go about our lives, and I fear this taking up the helmet of salvation can be a danger where People pray to receive Christ. Okay, I'm good for heaven, and now I'm just going to live my life, pick it up just as I was going, but now I have this security blanket of faith in Christ. I'm going to heaven no matter what I do down here. That's a good deal, right? And I think quite often the church has been trying to sell that, but it's about the life we live for Christ. We are believers in Jesus Christ, and we represent Christ in Everything that we do, and I have discovered that people are watching even when you don't expect it. As I was saying that, I was thinking of the guy who never used to like to wear Christian t-shirts and or put stickers on my car. You know, that big sticker and one of our biggest battlers against faith in our county has been Rob Sherman, an atheist who has just been going at anything in the name of God in our county. And uh, he pulled up behind me. My big sticker says, Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. And it's fairly large on the back of my uh, pickup truck. And Rob Sherman, once he got in front of me, his license plate, the rim of the plate, it says, in Rob I trust. And the plate itself his uh, custom plate says atheist on it. So I know I know his car um, because of uh, his being at a, a meeting with a friend of mine who was opposing something. He was there, and, and so he saw the car. And so I know the car. I know the car that uh, he drives. And, uh, you know, I think you represent. You can be driving down the road. If you got to be careful. I think about what I have on the back of my truck sometimes. I think I need to watch how I drive because I represent, not because Rob Sherman could be behind me, but other people can be behind me 
and uh, we represent Christ. But that's just in a car, and that's kind of, it's real, it can be silly, it can be truthful, but in reality, it's when we go about our lives, we're representing Christ, and Satan, he's the wiles there, scheming, he's, he's scheming against us, he's trying to take us down. I don't know quite often how much Satan himself concerns with me, but the Bible tells us in Revelation that when Satan uh, is cast out of heaven, he took a third of the stars with him. He took a third of the angels with him, whom I believe became the demonic forces that we have on this earth today. And so there is Satan and his foes, and they do battle. It's on a spiritual level. And he says that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. And I think too often we spend time wrestling against flesh and blood stuff when the true issue is a spiritual issue. We're wrestling against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. And the battles here on the earth, the battles going on in heaven, Christ is the victor. I don't want you to think that this battle um, has not been already won, but Christ has not claimed his prize. He hasn't returned again. Uh, the judgment of God has not yet come. There's a time of grace that is upon this earth, though the battle rages on for the souls of men, and Christ is the victor, now the Lord gives us opportunity to believe in him and to serve him. But it's oftentimes a very physical battle that has spiritual things going on that we don't even recognize or see. I have to believe, Lily and I, and I've told you this story before, but riding on a motorcycle, coming down Grass Lake Road, going home one night, and my light was going out on my motorcycle. And because the light was going out, I pulled over to the shoulder of the road to ride out next to the white line because I couldn't see where I was going. But the moment I pulled over, a van swerved in my path and would have nailed us head on. We could smell the alcohol in the air as he went by. We would have been dead and I didn't see the van coming, but I believe Christ caused my light to go bad. The fuse just slipped. All I did was went to the next intersection, opened up where the fuse is, and put it back together and never had a problem again. But why did the fuse slip at that exact moment that I needed to pull over? I believe there's a spiritual warfare going on, and I, I don't know if it's... Um, you know, I've seen clear examples of that. When I was in Africa... And I just thought about this the other day. I was in Africa a couple of years ago. I was uh, passing out because of heat exhaustion. It was 126. I had a reason for it. But when I told Lily that was going on, she's 13 hours back, and she said, that's why I was praying for you. She knew the time of it, and the timing was she needed to be in prayer. She knew that, and we had no communication, but the Spirit was working and so we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but there's spiritual side of this battle. It's against powers, against principalities. And far too often, I think we spend our time trying to wrestle with fleshly things and not recognizing that the battle is a spiritual one. In Colossians 2.15, it tells us that through Jesus' work on the cross, that he has disarmed principalities and powers. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them, in it, in the cross, he, he has already disarmed these. 
principalities, these powers. He is now at the right hand of God, according to 1 Peter 3.22. Jesus at the right hand of God, where angels and authorities and powers have been made subject to him. And I believe that's why Paul wrote to us in 8.37, in Romans 8.37, saying, Therefore, we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus our Lord. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against these spiritual forces. But we are more than conquerors because Christ is the victor. We have victory in Jesus Christ. We need to recognize the spiritual battle that the Lord has set before us. And it's through faith, through faith in Jesus, that we've been bought from the darkness of this world and brought into the light of his love. Power of Satan is to rule over our lives. He desires that. He wants that. But we've been brought into the fellowship of God. We found forgiveness of sin, an inheritance in heaven. And we have so many things going for us. And I fear quite often we don't recognize it. And we're not engaging in the battle that truly needs to be fought. The battle is spiritual. And the only way that we can wage a spiritual warfare is to get into the spiritual realm of it. He says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore. I've always found that interesting, because you take up the whole armor, he's going to go in the different pieces of the armor in a moment. But he doesn't say, and having done all to stand, now advance. He doesn't tell us to do that. He says to stand. I wonder what our world would look like If back in 1100, there was a pope who preached that the reason Christ didn't return at the millennium, 1000 millennium, was because we didn't convert enough Christian or enough people into Christians. So therefore, we need to go out. And it was a truly a turn or burn, either believe in Christ or you're dead. And they put on an armor and they went forth. We call them the Crusades. And it led to a very dark period in the church and they went out physically. And I know there were some spiritual aspects to that also, but I fear that they went out in the physical apart from the spiritual. And I wonder if they would have stood their ground relying upon Jesus Christ as our conqueror and not going forth to conquer ourselves. What kind of world we would have today, how different it might be. You know, we have crusades here. They're not that type of crusade. But to use that term over in the Middle East, that brings back some bad thoughts for um, people over there. He says, having done all to stand, stand therefore. So we're to take up. There's a difference between putting on and taking up. In the Greek, the word take up has this sense of you're taking it up for the purpose of carrying God's armor with the intent to use it. So you put it on with the intent to use it, that you may be with able to stand in the evil day. And so it's going to be a protection for us. It's going to help us to stand. It's going to be useful for us in that sense. And these different implements and Although there's some aspect, I think of Paul as an author as he's writing this and he's thinking about the Roman soldier and he's thinking about the helmet and, you know, and and these different things that he wants to teach about truth or righteousness and uh, the preparation for the gospel of peace. 
I would think he would be applying. If I was an author, I would want to apply them to certain areas. So I'm not to negate that uh, there's nothing to do with the instrument, the article of the uniform, and the spiritual aspect of it that he wants to teach. But I think sometimes we deal more with the uh, armament than the spiritual aspect of the teaching there. That you have as a girdle, you've girded your waist with truth. Paul's talked a lot about truth in the book of Ephesians. He, in chapter 1, verse 13, he, he spoke of the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. And in 4.15, he said, speak truth in love. In 4.25, that we are to speak truth to our neighbors. In 5.9, the fruit of the Spirit, one of these aspects, he only gave us three, but one of those was truth. And in in 4.21, he says, truth is in Jesus. So we're to gird ourselves in truth. Truth is in Jesus. A lot of people today ask the question, what is truth? We know that even Pilate asked that question of Jesus. When Jesus stood before him and was being judged by him, Pilate asked that question, what is truth? Because Jesus said to him, in John 18, 37, I've come into the world that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of truth hears my voice. Pilate asked the question in verse 38, what is truth? And then scripture tells us he turned and he walked away. He walked away from truth. He walked away from Jesus Christ. Jesus himself said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father except by me. We need to gird ourselves with truth. Today, the world is trying to tell us that there are many different truths in this world. And that as far as salvation is concerned, that we can take all the many different truths and that they funnel into really just one real truth, one Many different gods, but really one faith. Many different names for God, but only, only one Savior. And, and that's not true. It's not. Paul tells us that truth is in Jesus. So if you want to know truth, you need to know Jesus. But we need to gird ourselves with that truth. And I think about the truth of the Word of God and all that it teaches us that it becomes a defense for us. And all these first few implements, they're all for defense of the warrior. And to have God's truth in us becomes a defense for us. We are also to put on the breastplate of righteousness. And, you know, it, it guards the breastplate, guards the vitals. And uh, today, if we think about police officers wearing their body armor that they have, you know, they're guarding the vitals. They can get shot and they can get shot in the arm and they can get shot in the leg and a lot of unprotected areas, but they're trying to guard the vitals of their heart. And, you know, the world teaches us that we can have our own righteousness, but the breastplate of righteousness that we are to take up is not our own righteousness, but it's the righteousness of Jesus Christ. In Ephesians 4.23, he tells us that we're to put on a new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. And the fruit of the Spirit in 5.9, three fruits mentioned. And 
we're not going to deal with the word goodness. So the three are goodness, righteousness, and truth. So our righteousness, we have in the world trying to define what righteousness is, that there's this self-righteousness or rightness, but our righteousness is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. As far as the word says, it tells us in Isaiah 64, 6, that, that we are all an unclean thing, and all of our righteousness is like filthy rags. As we all fade like a leaf, our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. So we need the righteousness of Jesus Christ that has been given to us. And so you put on truth, you put on Christ who is truth, but now it's the Lord again. It's his righteousness. In Romans three twenty-one through 24, it says, But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. There is no difference for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. We have to put on the righteousness of Jesus Christ to be able to stand rightly before God the Father. Calvary Chapel is a fellowship of believers in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Our greatest desire is to know Christ and to be conformed into His image by the power of His Holy Spirit. If you would like more information about Calvary Chapel, or if you would like a copy of today's message, please contact us at 847-265-0646. That's 847-265-0646. Thank you so much for joining us today. And may the Lord richly bless you as you worship him today.